0: Today he's asked me to share about um, a recent trip I made to Japan. I was there for three months and um, I think I, I really got to see God working, you know, being in a, a different context, being out of my day-to-day routine in, in the Bay Area. I think sometimes there's just something refreshing we see in when everything else we normally rely on in our day-to-day routine um, is not there, and we just are back to the bare essentials. And um, yeah, I'm going to share a bit about this. It's not just about what is happening in Japan, but really I think all the, everything that happened can happen anywhere. It's really about the work of the kingdom of God. And it's not just if you decide to go travel somewhere on missions. This is um, for our homes. This is how we relate to our family. This is how we relate to our, our neighborhood, our, our workplace. And um, I hope we can all be... Uh, mutually encouraged by this. I, I loved um, earlier today when we were just praying, giving thanks to God for his word, the scripture, that we, we find everything we need for, for life, for, for godliness, for um, learning how to please him. And so, so it's kind of awkward to say I'm not going to be preaching a lot from the Bible to start today. This is a mission kind of testimony and mission report, but we'll get to Ephesians 4 towards the end. Um, but more, hopefully, sharing this testimony will help us take the scripture we know and help move it to our heart, to the way we see the world, and ultimately to our hands and feet, that we can start taking these things we learn on Sundays, we learn when we're studying the Bible, and get to see we're in this story, you know, in the, for the kingdom of God. Um, so to start, I'll just kind of introduce myself for a little context. I was born and raised in San Mateo, um, on the peninsula here. Uh, Grew up going to uh, Redwood Church in Redwood City, which it's a pleasant surprise to see uh, Fred here, who's been (coughs) an elder since as long as I can remember. Um, (laughs) Um, I was baptized into Christ in the middle of high school. Um, But around that time, just things in my family, we weren't attending as regularly regularly. church, but still just, um, we had regular Bible studies at my mom's house, and um, I didn't really face my first real difficult trial in, in my faith until I was going to UC Berkeley, and um, one of the, the biggest things is I don't think I was really prepared for the academic rigor there, and so I started struggling, I was outside of the community that I had grown up in, and I started feeling really isolated. I struggled academically. Um, I ended up in a pretty dark place. I was on academic probation, held on for two years, but then actually ended up being dismissed. Uh, the people in my family didn't really even know what was going on, and I just felt so like lost and aimless. But uh, but our God pursues us. He has a way of of tracking us down and, and shining His light in our life and His Pieces started getting put back together in my life. Um, I got readmitted to Berkeley after bouncing around community college for a while. And one thing that I really started feeling was, you know, I've I've been trying to do so much on my own. Um, I hadn't been attending a church regularly for years since I had started um, going to UC Berkeley. And I just felt it was the, the December of 2012. I was like, you know what? I feel God just calling me back into family. Um, to where there's uh, a mutual encouragement and accountability and and uh, guidance and so i I went back to redwood church that was i guess yes um december 2012 and all the elders it was just like it was like i had never been gone it was just like being with family again and i was like this is what a blessing we have in this true family that christ has brought us into Um, but there is a new face which is josh Parrish. Um, and he greeted me and welcomed me to the church, which, which felt ironic, because I'd been there for, you know, over a decade of my life before, and he was new, but it was very appreciated. And he helped connect me to the college group that was there, which was the very thing i had felt um, God, like, pushing me and encouraging me into, was being in community. And since Josh has shared with me that, I, I watched his sermon from last week that we're you know, the kind of focusing on fellowship and, and what, what this looks like to do life together. and that was a, a huge turning point in my faith, was getting integrated into that. and Josh was such a, an influence. I want to I share a story of how Josh can has challenged me in ways that were very uncomfortable. I, w- I was felt so enthusiastic. I just kind of started going back to church. I had felt God it just felt like a total rescue from how I had really felt like I was, had ruined a lot of opportunity in my life, but God just kind of picked up the pieces and showed me, be, you know, no, your identity is in Christ. It's not in past failures or successes or anything. It's just, we're, we're aiming for the, the kingdom of God that is coming and has already arrived. And I was like, Josh, I want to grow in my faith. I have things in my head and in my heart, but I don't know how to start applying it. And he, he thought about it and a little while later he said, oh, there's a group from a church of Christ down in fresno that are coming to service city impact in san francisco it's in the tenderloin um it's going to be a week of ministry and he said you know you told me you want to find ways to grow and i think this is exactly what you're looking for and there was nothing pushy about what he said but to me it felt very pushy i'm like i'm like i, I didn't ask you know for your advice of how to spend a week of my summer um all day for five days in a row um like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, th- I'll think about it, and weeks went by, and it got all the way to the week before the trip, but or before the, the, the ministry time, and Josh, again, I think, I don't know if he messaged me, but I could tell he was going to keep trying to, to push me into that, but it was just the, the right nudge at the right time. I, as I thought of my resistance to, to doing this, I'm like, man, we we sit. We learn all, all these things about God and his goodness and how he's acting in the world and how he wants us to walk in, in the spirit, to, to live out the, the life that he's called us to. But then when an actual opportunity comes, we can be so resistant. We can just think, want to stay in our comfort zone. And I just really felt I was like, you know, Josh is right. As I thought of my, my excuses, I'm like, these are so lame. I'm like, oh, do I want to wake up like before eight during my summer every day? oh, isn't it a dangerous neighborhood? And it was just things where it's like, no, this is, it, Josh was was right. This is a, an opportunity to grow. And from him kind of pushing me along there from that week, I just learned what a joy it is to walk in in these callings of being able to share the gospel with people, encourage those in need. And that really changed the direction of, of, of a lot of my life. When that semester started at Berkeley, I wanted to grow in evangelism. And it was just like, Nothing, nothing's in isolation, right? It's God places people in our lives. It's, it happens in community, in community and in fellowship. I met evangelists on the campus who either cold contact evangelism or op- just open air preaching and just was like, God, I want to learn just whatever is effective or not like whatever's just your spirit is calling us to do. And I was able to learn and grow. Um, and that trajectory over the, the next few years led all the way to, japan most recently and so that's just all to catch you up to kind of where god has been working in my life and also just to to say you know it's such a blessing that you guys have josh here and um i know we we don't always all agree with every idea that preachers may share but i hope we can open our hearts to be um to be moved out of our comfort zone and and to try things out, to try and see where have we had blind spots and where can there be so much blessing and fulfillment and purpose as we we try to live out um, the the teaching of Scripture that, that God has given us. Okay, so that gets us to the, the actual trip to Japan. As Josh said, I'm a software developer. I'd been working for about three years, and there was a round of layoffs, very unexpected. just showed up one day, and 40 people are, were just done, you know, pack up and go. And around that same month, I'd ended my apartment lease in Berkeley, and I thought, okay, like, lost the job. I don't have rent obligation. I felt, like, called to short-term missions before, like this, this nudge, I'm like, i think god you're just opening a door for something and one thing led to another got connected to a church in japan through a, a mutual friend and things just lined up and w- within like a one month span i was going to be going to japan um for for three months and as i got ready for that a friend asked me um a christian friend like what is what's is a tangible goal you have there I was like, wow! This, there's there's so little time to plan. I have I don't know the language. I don't really know the culture. I don't know what ministry like ministry opportunities there are. So it's hard to give a tangible goal on like what kind of like what would I like to see. And so as I reflected and prayed about it, it became more. It's like it's focusing on the simple things God has told us to love God, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Um, and so I I, I thought. I want to form a deep, purposeful, ongoing relationship with at least one believer at the church. If I can just have one believer who we're just really invested in encouraging each other and growing, and then at least one uh, unbeliever in the community, to, to not just have like a, a checkbox, like, okay, I met someone, oh, I told them about Jesus, move on, but to, with these 12 weeks, to really use that time to go deep in relationship. And, um, that was just my prayer. I would tell people to pray for that. I was like, God, I don't know what specific things um, to look for, but I just want to be faithful in, um, in, in, in loving others intentionally and not just trying to um, check off boxes as I'm there. God very quickly started answering those prayers and um, you know, you realize how de- desperate you are on God to work when you don't know the language, you don't know the culture. And you also realize how, des- how, how um, reliant we are on each other as a body. When um, connections I would make sometimes would be through translation through someone at the church or just connecting people to, to the church there. And um, I'll just kind of uh, show a bit. Just here we have, you know, America, Japan, right across the Pacific. It's a little blurry. Does this have like a... Oh, that's cool. But here we have Japan over here, um, specifically on the island of Japan. Um, Japan is about the size of California, all the islands, the area. The population is about 125 million. Um, right here in uh, Tokyo, the population is like 38 million in that area. So that's like the population of California in one metro area. But I was not in there, I was on the other coast up here. And um, it's, it was more rural. There was a city of about 400,000 people close by. And then I was in a town of about 26,000 people. And so it was a, a more, it felt like a more intimate family community than, community than maybe being in a busy uh, urban center. And um, the, the first week I arrived, um, they had an event going. I'm like, okay, perfect, this is what a way to get plugged into this community here. Uh, see what how this church um, works together as a family but also works in their neighborhood Um, those are the the relationships right the relationships within the church the relationships with the community to point people to Christ and um, they had a end of summer festival and they were hoping to have maybe 150 people in the community come the church was maybe about 200 250 people um, and so they were preparing this was going to involve skits, um, music, uh, dance performance, there was food, and there was gonna be a gospel message. Um, And so one of the things they do is they go out and the first thing we had to do was just flyering in the community, dropping off mail. I, I don't know what the laws are here, if anyone's allowed to drop things off in mail, but the point was it reminded me of those invite cards that you guys, that you have, that there's something so simple in just inviting people and even if even if 99% of people don't care, that means after you've given out 100, someone's going to be at your church that you can um, involve in the community. And so what happened is we mailed out thousands of these, and they were hoping for maybe a turnout of 150, and 250 people from the community came. Um, In Japan, there is not really exposure to the gospel. So most of the people who came, it's their first time stepping into a church building, their first time hearing about Jesus Christ and hearing the gospel. And it was just so encouraging seeing how you know, uh, here, you guys have such a, a beautiful property and there, it just makes me think of like how, how, how can we as churches, we invest in a building, you know, that's a financial investment or a blessing we already have, but how can we not only encourage each other with this space but really be a blessing to the community? Um, we have opportunities to invite people to, whether it's a, a summer event or a Christmas event or just something, um, it was really encouraging just seeing the community come together, a high percentage of the church, like over a quarter of the church, was actively involved in preparing food or doing something. It's like, this is family, this is service together. Uh, I heard Joshua's acronym from last week, FUSE, the fellowship, the understanding, service, evangelism, devotion. So this, is the, this had the service aspect, this had um, the evangelism aspect, and the, the fellowship aspect, and it was uh, really encouraging and something I, I thought um, I want to take home and, and, and think about that a bit but that was the only big event based thing I did there and we can't think of um, the work of the kingdom of God as just a series of events that it really is uh, about relationships it's really about loving God and loving others and so the, the, after this event there weren't as many um, things like that. It was more one-on-one getting to know people. And even though I didn't know Japanese, it was like God just kept having these situations come up where someone would know English and I was able to start getting to know people. Um, As far as meeting a believer, I prayed to God like that there'd be a believer that we could be mutually encouraged and go deep. And there was a guy who, I'm going to call him Sam. I'm not going to use real names because I don't, and ask permission and don't know if this ends up on YouTube or, or something. Um, yeah, I actually don't have slides for the rest of this, but we're going to get to Ephesians later. Um, he was from China and he had been an atheist. His wife was a Christian, though. Um, he was studying uh, to go into medicine. Uh, he, he had a son and his wife unexpectedly was pregnant. Um, he wasn't planning on that, but there's the one child policy in, Japan, in in China. And so he was saying, you know, you're going to, we're going to abort this baby. He's like, I would lose everything, my reputation, everything if anyone found out about this. But he had to go to a conference in England that weekend. And he's like, we'll talk about this when I get back. So he goes to this conference in England, and somehow someone he runs into there, another guy in, in the medical research or something, was a Christian. And some they started just sharing stories about what's going on in their lives. And this came up. It had been weighing on his mind. And this man who was a Christian started counseling him to not abort that, to abort that child, and shared the gospel with him. And he ended up becoming a Christian on that trip. Uh, just the timing of God, again, God putting people in our lives, the importance of being willing to speak up I think of this anonymous Christian at this conference who was willing to talk to this man in on a difficult life decision speak into a stranger's life and share the gospel and so I can't imagine his wife's surprise when he came home and said I'm a Christian and we're keeping the baby you know and so she had to stay inside for the next eight months so that no one could see Um, and he planned to go to Japan to study and he went to, when he got to Japan, they had the I believe they had the baby in Japan, and his family has been there since for uh, a few years now. But so when I met him, he felt like he hadn't really grown in his faith. Uh, he had that initial um, just that realization that Jesus is Lord, but he didn't feel like he was starting to, to live that out, and so uh, he wanted to study the Bible with me, and it felt like, okay, this is God answering that prayer to go deep with a with believer. And so What we ended up doing, uh, he spoke English, Chinese, and Japanese. Um, I just spoke English. Uh, But we we did the Bible study in English. And what we would do is, he just wanted to become more familiar with the Bible. And um, I know not all of us are called to be evangelists, or not all of us are called to be teachers, but all of us can still open the Bible with someone and, and learn together with someone. And so what we did was, just starting from Genesis 1. Uh, um, a great any, Anyone who's been a Christian for a while, if they feel like, oh, what? I, I, I just don't feel like I know what Scripture is saying. It's always just go back to, to Genesis. You know, It's where we really get the big picture of the story of, of what God is doing and, and our place in that. And so we'd go one chapter every week. And what would happen is we'd read it together. And then I would just try to summarize what we just read in that chapter. And I'd have him check me. I'd say, okay. You, you follow along in the Bible, and I'm going to try and repeat, not word for word, but summarize what, what we just read. And he'd go through, notice if I added or left out anything, and then he'd tell me what, what, what was left out or added. And I'd say, okay, your turn. And I would check him. And just through that 15 minutes of exposure to a chapter, it's not about thinking, oh, am I, am I a, enough of a theologian to, to do a study with someone? This was just at the level of, let's get the scripture in our hearts. You know, let's, let's grow in spiritualism just by being in this word, because uh, whether someone's a, a be, like a very young in the faith or whether you've been reading for a long time, there's so much value in just knowing Scripture before even getting to exposition or, or anything else like that. And that's something I just want to encourage everyone when, it, when you think of how do you uh, help a, a new believer in the church or what if someone's interested in the faith, and um, a friend or something. It's such a simple way to just sit down, whether you want to start with the New Testament, the stories in the Gospels or the Old Testament, to just read it to each other, get it in your, your hearts and minds. And it was so exciting seeing him each week come back, like, oh, you know, that story reminded me of something. I was talking to my son, and I was able to help him with some advice as I thought of that story, um, as I thought of what, what God did in the garden or what God, what God was doing here or there and so that, this is just some hopefully practical encouragement in, in realizing that we're all, while we aren't all teachers, we can all be helping people grow, pointing people to Christ. Um, the, the next relationship I want to share that formed was with someone who was not a believer. Uh, I'll call him Sean. He was coming to one of the English classes that the church hosted on Thursday nights. And um, I was not there to teach English. I was just there to be like a someone they could practice with uh, speaking and uh, but Sean wanted to get to know me more Um, we would we would get food together and and another friend of his and we we would hang out and I didn't think I didn't go in thinking okay I just need to tell the gospel as soon as possible it was more how do I just love my neighbor as myself Um, it wasn't about trying to Gain the, the courage to, to just tell him all the truth at once. Or like I had a mission for him. It was, how do I get to know this person and just love this person? And as I got to know him, I learned that he, he liked to travel. He, he would just save up. He was 19. He, he worked a, uh, like a part-time job. And when he could, he would just travel places here and there. And I learned the next place he wanted to travel was either Greece or Egypt. And um, we happened to be in the church building uh, just during the afternoon the, the church building was always open just talking. It was a place we could hang out And so it was kind of natural to bring up I was there on missions like oh, you know Greece and Egypt Those those are prominent places in the Bible you know, Oh, really and we, we I just started sharing a bit about biblical Geography and the history of the scriptures and where they were written how they were written how God inspired these men They're writing letters to this city that city and all of a sudden we were doing a Bible study, and I thought Biblical geography isn't the place you would think to start evangelism, right? But the point is, as we get to know people, we learn their interests, God has a way of just opening these doors. As we, we start our day praying for God to open doors, we keep our eyes open. It's not that we go around burdened with like, oh, how how who am I going to tell today? Like, I need to like will myself to do this. It's more about we see that we are part of the kingdom of God and we pray for Him to move. And whether it's every week, or maybe just once in three months something happens, the point is we're looking for it. The point is that we're open to it, and the point is we're trying to get to know people and to love them. Um, well, another, another person in the community I met not related at all to meeting at the church building was a man named Peter. He was, there was a Mexican restaurant in this town of 26,000 people. I wasn't expecting that. When I left California, I was like, I love Japanese food, but I'm going to miss Mexican food. But there was a Mexican restaurant there, okay. And I go in, and it turned out one of the the cooks was from Bolivia. And um, so I was able to speak a little Spanish. I know more Spanish than Japanese, but that's still not a lot. And um, he'd been living there for 12 years. He's from Bolivia, his wife was Japanese. He had a a daughter, but he was a musician. And so he wanted a jam. And so we would go and play music. The first time we played music together, five minutes in, we were playing, he's like, do you want to get a gig? I'm like, oh, okay, okay, and he's like, here, and he calls someone and he sets up where we're gonna play, uh, play somewhere next month on a weekend, and we would meet every week and practice. He had a Spanish class where he taught some people. I got to meet uh, other people who went to his class who were generally already knew some English and were adding Spanish to their, their list of languages. Um, and even, even just those opportunities, got to get dinner with people, got invited to people's houses, um, all of these things just, just would come up. One thing leads to another. How do I just love people? How do I just invest? I'm not planning out, charting out a course of how I expect things to happen. It's just um, trying to be present, trying to, to, to really get to know people. Um, Peter, through our mutual interest in music, um, would talk about just spiritual things, human creativity, like where, what is this, where does it come from, and um, what does it reveal about our creator? He had, he'd grown up in a Catholic background and had just some vague idea of who Jesus was, but we were able to really, as, as time went on, get, get deeper in, into those things, and it was just through a mutual interest of music. you know, We, we have different gifts and abilities, and sometimes we can connect with someone in a way um, that opens these doors to, to real heart-to-heart conversations. And, and the key is just to not be ashamed of bringing up Jesus. It doesn't have to be this overbearing, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. It's just as you get to know someone's heart, when we're living our lives pr- like prayerfully push, pressing into God's kingdom, wanting to live our lives for his glory, that's going to come out as we get to know people and as, as, we, as they share what's deep on their heart and we, we share what's on our heart. Um, one, one last relationship that I, I want to share about. One of the, the most interesting ones was a man I will call Will. There was a, a restaurant I would go to that was open until midnight. And so if I hadn't eaten dinner, if a lot was going on, I would go there kind of at like 9.30 or something. And one day I went in there. I would eat alone. I kind of knew the waiter and the cook at this point. I'd go to the counter. But there was a man eating alone at the counter, and he looked at me and asked, I think in, in Japanese, if I was eating by myself. I said, yeah, and he said, oh, come, come join me. And so I sat down to eat with him. The thing is, he knew as much English as I knew Japanese. It's like, oh, okay, this, this is interesting. Um, we tried talking a little. It was like a three on one. The, the waiter and the cook were at, with him, were trying to decipher what they could make out out of English and then give sentences back to me. We had the, the, the phone out using a, a Japanese English dictionary, and, Sharing pictures, we talked about, we talked about like Clint Eastwood, and I I don't know, it it went all over the place, but um, he really wanted to meet up again. I was like, okay, well, there wasn't a lot we could say, but yeah, let's meet up again, and we scheduled to meet back at the same restaurant the next Tuesday, but midweek, he realized, oh, they're closed that day, so we can't meet. And I didn't really make an effort to reconnect with him. Like, okay, well, there wasn't a lot of space for that to grow anyways. The the language barrier and everything. But like a month later, when there was three weeks left to my trip, I was there again eating by myself at the counter. And all of a sudden I felt a tap on my shoulder. And it was Will. And he was there with his wife and a friend. And they asked me to join them. And so I sat down. It was like 9.30 p.m. And we started talking. This time... Again, it was three on one. He and his wife and his friend were able to, to put together, you know, put their heads together and figure out what I was saying and then try to form an English sentence back. And what was what really surprised me was when um, Will, out of all the English, the limited English he knew, he said to me, knowing that I was helping out at the church there, he, he looks at me and goes, why did Jesus die like, of all the English things you could sentences you could have just said, I was like, flesh and blood did not reveal that question to you. Um, uh, and we, we had a conversation. I was just trying to explain in the simplest imagery, the simplest words, the gospel, to him and his wife. And they were leaning in, um, talking about, you know, darkness in our hearts. That despite our best intention and will, that there is a darkness that we know we wrestle with. Uh, talking about, in, in Japanese religion, they have cleansing rituals. Um, Japan is mostly secular but they have a lot of religious traditions and one involves this washing of the hands and I would talk about how he cleanses our heart you know and, and they were connecting with that and we ended up talking for two and a half hours about these things I had them read um, from Acts where Paul preaches in Athens because I think the context there of Paul talking to pagan polytheistic place introducing them to the living God um, I feel like that's a, that was a great place to start in Japan. And I wanted them to read it in Japanese because it's already complicated enough with the language barrier. But I'm like, here, read this passage. I just wanted them to read the verse where it says, you know, God who created the heavens and the earth, you know, he doesn't live in a temple made by human hands. But he just sat down in the restaurant. He just started reading out loud the whole sermon. I'm like, oh, okay, you can keep going. And um, by the end of the night, I asked them if they would like to come to the Sunday evening service. This was a Thursday night. And they said they really wanted to come. And when I told the elders and the preacher, they're like, oh, that's nice. But they thought, well, in Japan, people will just politely say they'll come. Like, they, were, they did not think they were gonna show up. So on Sunday night when they showed up, like, what, this doesn't happen in Japan. Um, they came, I got to connect them to the, the elder who really focuses on outreach there and make that language connection. Finally, they could hear these things in um, their native language. And again, it, it wasn't anything I could do on my own. It was part of working with the church in fellowship that at the right time to, I was able to meet someone but then connect them with someone else. It wasn't just working in isolation. And he wanted to study the Bible more. And the, the last weekend I was there, he came and he came with all sorts of questions. Uh, he was actually a practicing Buddhist. Most people in Japan are not practicing religion at all. So he came with some really insightful spiritual questions and we got to reading John 1. Um, on um, the word becoming flesh and he was blown his eyes got so wide he he, um, he was just blown away he was saying with uh past uh with uh talk who is the the elder who i was working with translating one of the best translators i've met he's a guy who could hear things in real time and be translating without pauses um but will was just this is amazing the scope of this story he's like i, I want to hear more and that was one of the most encouraging um, encounters because it was just so unexpected. It was just getting to know someone at a restaurant. And he ended up being really hungry for the word in a way that um, a lot of other people, they were coming for like an English class and you can still start to sow seeds, but this was really cool how there was nothing I was specifically equipped for for, for that conversation and that opportunity. Um, but, through prayerfulness, asking God for opportunities, being open, looking out for them, um, being will- knowing that you, can, you have brothers and sisters in the faith who may be able to connect with someone a certain way, and um, working together to build each other up and to reach out to the community. Um, and so th- those were four, just four of the uh, relationships that were formed. Um, I think what was really central was just Being focused on not letting a relationship just not thinking just like a one-and-done I talk to them and go but to really be intentional and I know as Josh wants this year um, to be focusing on fellowship on community um, You know it takes Intentionality to think okay. I'm gonna open up my schedule. Okay. I'm gonna reach out. I'm gonna reach out to someone here I maybe don't see as much I'm going to try to connect with this this newcomer. I'm going to actually put time to meet up with them and, and talk to them. Um, and so I think some of these stories reminded me, these aren't things that I had to be a missionary in Japan to do. These are things that as I come back to the Bay Area, I'm planning on getting back into programming. Um, these are things, just lifestyle of being in the kingdom of God. And I think just being like on mission, so to speak, in Japan, it it gives like kind of a, a fresh vision is kind of pulling out of the routine, but these things apply wherever we are. And I hope all of us can think about how can we really be living out the, 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 the word of God, this, this way that we're to live our lives. And um, so to, to finish and get to the passage I was going to speak on in Ephesians, one of the, the things I noticed that it's not unique to Japan, but being an outsider um, became clear is some of the, the problems in the church. In Japan, less than 1% of the population is Christian. In the rural area that I was, it's about 1 in 10,000. But you start to see there's so much division. And again, this isn't to pick on like the Japanese church in particular. It's just observations that really apply anywhere. Um, and I'm not thinking, oh, I know how to fix this issue where you know, Japan's considered a missionary graveyard where it's just so slow to see growth. Um, but there's this separation between like, clergy and laity kind of feel, where you know they have their pastor at their church who's their preacher, he's the one who's equipped, he's going to just teach us stuff, we're gonna come and learn, but we don't really know anything, so he, he takes care of everything. And what happens is a lot of the, the preachers and elders, they, they get burnt out, um, everything's on them, but they're putting themselves in that position, and people are feeling disengaged. And there's just something, you know, is the body able to build itself up with these kind of conditions? And I, there was a, a church dedication where a lot of preachers and elders and people from different churches came together because a new church building isn't common in this area. And there was a sermon at, during the dedication and the, the, the message was on Ephesians 4. And I think that the message itself revealed blind spots that all of us have and it just really stood out seeing it in this context but it it applies anywhere and I want to look at look at the passage and and what was said and what what we can learn from this so I'm just going to read this passage we're in Ephesians 4 if you want to follow along verse 1 Um, I therefore this is Paul writing I therefore a prisoner of the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And when I heard him read the passage, I thought, oh, this is going to speak so well to some of these issues here. And he started out, in, in Japan, the, one of the main values, like, virtues is group harmony um if you might have an opinion of of what can change but you're going to keep that to yourself for the sake of of harmony maybe in america we really emphasize letting your opinion be known so we're maybe on the other side of the scale as far as um maybe too much feedback sometimes on these things but so it's rare for someone to actually address kind of ongoing problems because you don't want to shake the boat and so when he said churches in japan are out of balance I. My ears perked up. I was having it translated by the the minister who was the great translator I was talking about. Um, He said, churches are out of balance. Um, Preachers are feeling burnt out. People are feeling disengaged. Um, Something is wrong. And I thought, oh, is he actually going to address this divide between the preachers who speak and just the people who sit and learn and just are filled with head knowledge but not really growing or, or doing anything with it? But instead, where he went was, preachers have a really hard job, as you can see, so please don't complain so much, because we're really exhausted. And I was like, man, that's all we're going to get out of this. Um, and like I said, this isn't specifically to, say, to bash on this preacher or Japan, but it's just like looking at something kind of from a removed perspective and, and seeing... Yeah, the, the issue, why, why are preachers being burnt out, and why are people feeling disengaged? I think this passage has a lot to teach us um, about these things. Uh, we, we look, we go just to the start of this. Paul has been writing, he's been um, expounding on just everything. He starts out just talking about what we have in Christ. He's telling us about the faith, about what we've been saved from, about um, really it's just this beautiful picture of, of God's plan for salvation, for uh, for all mankind and, and the grace of God. And he gets to, to this part of the letter and he's going to start saying, you know, so now what? What do we do with, with this great salvation we have, with what we now know and, and believe in our minds and in our hearts? And so he, he starts out. He, he's, he urges them, I, I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that there is a way we live the way we walk is just day-to-day that it's not just a, a Sunday thing it's not just a head thing it needs to go from our head it needs to be in our hearts the, the way we see the world the way we see our lives in this narrative of, of what God is doing in the world um, and that this is done in unity we're, we're all called into one body and he's, this is just such a strong call to unity that you know, it, it's one Lord. We're following. We're in the same kingdom. We have the same aim. We, our hope is now placed in, in the kingdom that is coming. We aren't ground. We aren't uh, tied to this age, which is passing away. And, um, but in this unity, see, the, see, the thing is, we're now all spiritually. We are the children of God. Spiritually, we are all standing in the same place, looking up to God. As we've been redeemed in Christ. And yet there is a variety of gifts. That It's not like everyone has the same place in this. And this is what he's going to connect it to. Where he talks about the one body, the one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Um, he's going to. He says, uh, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So Christ is equipping us, uh, each person, in different ways. Um, and he, he quotes from this... Um, I'm going to go straight to, to this interesting part where I think this application comes in. He, he quotes from the Old Testament. He's talking about um, he who ascended, he, he gave gifts to men. And what are these gifts? Other places Paul talks about the gifts of the spirit, the actual abilities themselves. Here he's talking about the fact that each one of us is in fact a gift. The, the way that what we bring to the church. So the gifts he's giving are actually the people. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers and But this is the key part, this is the key moment that I felt like this sermon was going to go to that I heard, but it just somehow just passed right over it. That what are all these roles, all these roles that involve teaching, edifying, bringing new believers in, or helping people grow, but what are they doing? What is the purpose? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. And sometimes we have this mindset that, that these, these people are the work of ministry, and that the rest of us are there to learn as we, we wait, as you know, we just get to watch them and, and say, all right, the kingdom of God is moving. But what's going to happen is, we're actually, we're the ones losing out. You know, when, when we just sit back, it's not just like, oh, okay, I get to relax. It's, you're missing some of the purpose, the good works that God prepared beforehand, that we would walk in them, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we're called, that, that teachers, that the elders, they're to equip the saints, and that is all of us. Not just to, to hear and fill our heads on Sundays, but to actually be ready. It, are we, do we have a hospitable nature that God has given us? This is an opportunity to invite someone over to prepare food, um, to, to just watch a football game together. Um, to not think that, well, here is like preaching the gospel on, on the sidewalk is ministry. Uh, I, I can't do that, so I'm not in ministry. You no, know, it's it's little details. It's about it's, it goes back. Love God, love others. Um, if if Paul says other places and gifts, you know, if, if it's in service, then serve. If it if you're gifted in compassion, then then love with compassion. It's being ready at the workplace and in your home to to live these things out. And and you see, for building up the body of Christ, because. I think these go together. It's not just that the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, it's not just that they're building up the body of Christ. It's to equip the saints for the work of ministry. It's all of it. It's like pours down through people that God has put in place of um, gifting and teaching and guiding to equip all the saints so that the body grows when, when everyone is involved, everyone's living out their calling, until we all attain to the unity of faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. You see, what a, what a high calling to the, full, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is something to throw our lives into, to, to realize we can't do this on our own. This isn't just ideas, but this is a way we live. And it, it's so exciting to see the, the body come together and grow as People within the church, their lives are transformed. People outside the church find a place of belonging, of of a radical acceptance and and purpose in a world that desperately wants purpose. Um, It's great when you can find a career that you feel very purposeful in, but sometimes you're just gonna have to find something that pays the bills. Where our purpose is, our purpose is in Christ. You may not have your dream job, but you can live out this calling in any situation. Um, so, that, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. And so this is, again, speaking about the importance of as, to be equipped is we, do, we need to know the scripture. God has given us his word and there are people gifted specifically in, in, in expounding the scriptures and really drawing things out so that we're rooted in, in the, the, the central things of the faith. And while we might not all feel like we can teach those things or evangelize, all of us can, can like I was saying earlier, open a Bible with someone and just uh, guide someone through a passage and uh, share at least the very basics and connect them to others who, who do, might be able to explain more. Um, but no, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, that's... All of us, not just a good preacher or or the elders. Uh, Oh, the elders will take care of uh, the person who's in crisis right now. No, the the elders can prepare all of us. There will be people that they can go to, but there's not enough elders to actually be. Everyone's having crises all the time that they just go on quietly, but we can all be equipped to step into each other's life, speak the truth in, in love. The whole body is involved in this. Joined and held together by every joint. You know, Paul talks about how we're all members of a body. An eye, a foot, a hand. But when we're all held together, not just coming on Sunday and and then going our own ways. But when we're truly held together, to use a a word Josh is using, fused, right? Every joint locked together um, with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And... In my time in Japan, I was so blessed the church that I was serving with really, I feel like, got this. Um, and while other long term missionaries they were telling me most churches are, are kind of unhealthy and, and really out of balance, um, but I think it's hopeful that even in a place like Japan where the gospel seems to, so, there's so much resistance that I think as we really live out what Paul is calling, what God is calling us to through Paul here, is that. It's not just a few people running the show. It's, it's every joint, every part working together. And um, I want to encourage you all as this year you look at of community, to get what is Christian community, this, this group of believers, this family, and how we encourage each other and find ways of loving others and getting them involved to see the, how the kingdom of God looks, to, to, to get a, a taste of it and to, to come to know the Lord. Um, that we, you, that we can all grow. We can all be committed to this uh, together. And that even if some things feel different or uncomfortable, you can talk about it, discuss that, but at least open your heart to be willing to try, to try things. To, to realize that there is so much blessing every time we kind of step through discomfort and see greater purpose for why God has left us here in the first place, when it would be so great to just be taken up with Him right now. But... He, he's left us here for this purpose to, um, to build each other up, to, to seek and save the lost as our Lord and, and Savior Jesus Christ did. Um, and yeah, with that, I'd like to close us in prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much for this great salvation that you have given us. Um, that we were all dead in our trespasses and sins, God. That we were your enemies. That we were um, that death was was the, the payment that we were due but God you gave your own son the the, the very radiance of your glory the very image of, of all your glory God that that you came down to dwell with mankind to rescue us that you gave your life for us and, and, and that you were resurrected and that this changes everything in our lives God uh, for all the responsibilities and um, tasks we have on this earth help us to fulfill those um, faithfully but not to lose sight that, that our home, that, that we belong to the, to the age to come God that our hearts, that our purpose that our desires will be found in the heavenly places as we long for your return and help us to, to, to walk in that calling to walk in that renewed mindset as we grow together the whole body, everyone Um, being bound together in love, that we could truly grow to the the, the full stature, to to the fullness of Christ together. We need you, God. Would your Holy Spirit guide us in all this and and help us to to glorify you in all things that we may find our joy and our peace and our hope in you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.